Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Bell Podcast. It's been a while since our last episode. I'm Marcy Timmerman, Executive Director of Mental Health America of Kentucky, and I am joined by two amazing guests. I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Becky Hill. I'm an LCSW and child therapist at Wilson Pediatrics. I have a friend with me here today, too. I'm Monica Stewart. I am also an LCSW, and I am um, currently a therapist at Southland Child, Adult, and Family Counseling. Awesome. Thank you both for being here. Uh, we are here today to talk a little bit about all those anxieties that everyone seems to be having going back to school. So we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, just general tips and, and wellness. And I'm going to go ahead and let Becky take it off with some of her first comments. First, are there any specific questions that, you know, you guys have been getting from parents about back to school, things that we want to make sure that we hit oh, yeah. um, as we're talking today? Parents seem to be really worried about how to manage their own kids' anxiety. So masking or not masking, all the questions that are out there, right? Um, we're not really getting into that in this conversation, right? But we're getting at the, the stress of the not knowing and the stress of, of really possibly having things change mid-year or possibly having them change. I just mentioned we had some folks in quarantine actually uh, already at the very beginning of the school year here. So just kind of how, how can we handle kind of our own stress and their stress as well, like prepare them for the fact that things might change? Okay, great. We can definitely make sure we hit all those things. Certainly stop and ask us if we've got any questions as we're going along. Parents are definitely worried about how to support their kids in going back to school. Um, I think it's a stress a lot of times in, you know, a quote unquote normal year, but this year is different. There are different things to worry about. And I think that so many of our kids have been home. Some of them have been home for the last year and a half. You know, we think about our kids who were in kindergarten last year. Um, it's still kind of their first years. We've got lots of, um, lots of folks who are worried about lots of different things. So there's some things to kind of just in general think about with going back to school. And one of those is really just kind of familiarizing kids with what school's going to look like. Talk to them about, about their school. Where is it? What does the outside look like? You know, who's the principal? Who's their teacher going to be? What, um, what's their daily schedule going to look like? Obviously, parents are going to know right now some of those things more than others, but going ahead and kind of talking about school on a regular basis is really helpful. Go to those back-to-school nights. Take your kids. If there are virtual tours of schools that are posted online somewhere, watch those. You may need to watch them a bunch of times. Some teachers have posted like a little video of for kids about how to get from the front door to their classroom. Those are really helpful for kids to watch, just to kind of start to get a picture for, for them in their heads about what school looks like inside. And that can help decrease their anxiety about how am I going to get, I don't know how to get to my classroom. I have a high schooler and even he is like, oh, I don't know where my classes are. How am I supposed to do that? So we've pulled out the map of the school that they sent home, you know, literally just with our finger, like followed along. Um, this is how you're going to get from this classroom to that classroom. He's got eight different classes. That's a lot of places to keep up with where he needs to be. So when we think about kids worrying about back to school, it's not just our little ones. It's, it's the big ones too, right? I think that's really important to, to stress. Yeah. Everybody is worried about going back. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, different worries at different ages, but, um, but it hits all of them. Some other things parents can do to help kids get used to what school looks like is they can take them to the playgrounds at school for younger kids. Let them go play on that playground. Um, yeah, they may not be inside, but at least that helps familiarize them and just kind of get back into the groove of being at school and what that's like. They can even practice if you're dropping kids off in the morning, if you're going to be dropping them off, practice that what that routine is going to look like. Literally take the kids and drive them through that pickup line or the drop off line. Let them practice like, okay, this is what that's going to look like. And you're going to get out here and the teacher's going to be here. Some of those really concrete things just help kids start to think about it and feel a little bit more comfortable with what they're going to do. Um, also talk to kids about how to ask for help. You know, our kindergartners are like, they've never been in this building before. And probably some of our first graders and other kids too, but especially those little ones haven't been in the buildings before or our sixth graders or, our, you know, ninth graders, those kids who have moved to different schools. Talking about there are gonna be adults there who can help you. This is who you can ask. And this is what you need to say for our kindergartners just teaching them to say, I'm a kindergartner, I don't know where my room is. That can be helpful language for kids so that they know how to ask for help. For our older kids who have never, our middle schoolers and high schoolers who have never had lockers before, dude, lockers are hard. <laughs> Those logs can be really complicated, right? My, um, my older kiddo is going to be a sophomore, but they didn't have lockers last year. They had to carry everything around with them. As far as I know, they're going to have them this year. So talking to him about like, okay, we can practice, like, let's get a lock and practice how to do that at home so that you don't get overwhelmed by that at school and worry about that. It seems to be lockers seem to be something that kids worry about a lot, just even in normal times. And for kids who are still, you know, still nervous, consider having like a transitional item that they can have with them. So maybe it's a picture of them with, with their grownups and their family that they can pull out of their backpack when they're feeling kind of nervous or sad. Or maybe even it's just like a little worry stone or something that they can keep in their pocket that nobody else sees or knows that they have, but they know that they can kind of mess with it and help remind themselves. Mm -hmm. And another good thing too, is to really focus on talking with kids about what they're looking forward to with school. What's your favorite subject in class? Or you're going to have this teacher again for our older kids. You really like that teacher last year, right? Like what are the things that they're excited about? What friends are they looking forward to seeing? Um, are they excited to get to ride the bus again? But just helping them really bring some positive thinking about what they're glad to go back to and to see again. Are you really excited that you get to go to PE? play with your friends again, you haven't gotten to see them, whatever it may be, but really focusing on those positive things to help them realize that there are good stuff that's coming with this too. And it's not just things to worry about. Also, it's really important, you know, structure and routine is important for kids always, right? We know kids do better when they are, they know what to expect and what's going to happen when. And when kids are feeling anxious, that's even more important. So going ahead and working on making sure that we've got like consistent bedtimes and meal times and play times and consistent one-on-one -on -one time with whoever that primary caretaker and guardian is so that kids know that I have this special time coming with my person 
And it's a good opportunity for me to talk about things that I'm worried about, things I'm excited about, whatever it is. It helps them just know that they've got that time coming. And that's a good time to facilitate like check-ins with them about their day. You know, what were the lows? What were the highs? What's something good that happened? What's something that challenged you today? I love to ask my kids about like, what's something you did kind today for other people? Or what's something you saw another kid do that was kind? Just having those conversations daily. And we go around and we all talk about that. It's not just that I expect my kids to do that. I also talk about what, what went well for me today. What was kind of challenging? It really just helps helps us have those good relationships and that strong relationship that will help them come to me when they're worried about other things too. No, that's really important. I, I know we talk a lot in Mental Health America of Kentucky too about having that regular routine meal where you all sit down, even if it's not every mm-hmm. possible every single night, but to do right. it as often as possible because that does lead to that conversation space, right? Yeah. Yeah. And making sure, like I said, that we're all having those conversations. It's not like we just expect the kid to give that information to us, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They need to know that we can all talk about the feelings and the good stuff and the hard stuff because they're more willing to talk to us when we're also, and it's a, it's a reciprocal kind of thing. They're more willing to do it. That's awesome. Really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You had mentioned that getting on the bus and things like that. I was wondering Mm -hmm. if you have any tips for parents whose kid does ride the bus like anything that you would um, suggest that they do other than kind of walk through that routine? Is there like any social skills stuff that you would mention or, or tip, 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 hints and tips for that? Yeah. (laughs) Buses are hard. They're their own little social world, I think. So (laughs) they can be right. (laughs) Especially depending on the age of the kids on the Mm -hmm. bus, they could be hard. It just kind of depends. I feel like COVID has changed the rules of the bus so much. Um, and and so <laughs> it just maybe depends on what that looks like and um, how they're kind of spacing people out and how they're, they're I guess, managing the bus. Mm-hmm. Because I know it was really different, I feel like, last year than previous years even. Last year was actually the first year that my 15-year-old has ever ridden the school bus every day. We even had to kind of talk with him through like, okay, this is what time you have to be at the bus stop. We have to make sure that we wear the mask, finding out about what the rules are for that. Um, My assumption this year, at least in Fayette County, right, is that kids are going to need to wear their masks every time. They're going to have assigned seats, is my understanding, on the bus for contact tracing purposes, I think. I think there's a potential for some of that assigned seats to kind of help with some of the drama that sometimes happens on bus, right? Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah, I think a bus buddy is a really great thing. And that would have been something I would have thought of, you know, if a kiddo can connect with a kid that's a similar age and have a bus buddy or someone that they wait for the bus for Mm -hmm. or sit on the bus with or, or, or whatever that may be. Of course, with COVID rules, maybe that person would be assigned or that could be different. But I think if you could work out some kind of bus buddy system that that can help at least give your kiddos some support and uh, someone consistent that they're going to be, you know, spending time with when they're in those, those transitional times or, mm-hmm. or, or on the bus. I think too, something as simple as just as a parent, learning the bus driver's name can make a big difference. And then making sure your kiddo knows the bus driver's name too, because that makes the grown up a little bit less scary and a little bit easier for a kiddo or a parent to approach if they do have any concerns. I mean, it seems like kind of a silly, simple thing, but it makes them more of a person 
I think, mm -hmm. um, and maybe not so scary for kids. No, I think that's why we have meet the teacher night, right? So the teacher isn't this faceless person who's giving my kid rules, right? We have that yeah. as much for the kids to know them, but also for us to be able to make that connection. So I think that's important. You're right. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a lot of these tips seem simple, right? But they're mm -hmm. not. And especially as parents face many, many multiple stressors right now. I think it's important to remember going through those routines over and over again, potentially yes. with kids of any age is really important. Uh, it's important not to shut kids down when they need that, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you have, if you were having kids make a mental health toolkit in order to go back to school, uh, is there anything that you would think of? Um, you had already mentioned like that support item possibly from home to make a transition support. So like a worry stone or a photo or something like that. So I'm wondering if there's anything else you would include in kind of a mental health toolkit for back to school for kids. Some of the things that I am always kind of encouraging mm -hmm. kids and families to do is, is to talk about that self-talk piece, how you're um, talking to yourself and how parents are talking to themselves aloud or, you know, um, modeling that healthy self-talk because that's something that kids can take with them wherever they go. It's not a, a coping skill that they need any other tools to utilize other than themselves. And so giving them a script um, to kind of remind themselves, like, I got this, or when I get home, I'm going to get that snuggle from my parent, or I can handle stressful things. I, I can try new things. And so that internal uh, self-talk that we are always encouraging in therapy and that we, we really want parents to encourage to, I think is, is something. And so giving them some of those ones that are useful for any time, you know, here are things you can tell yourself if you start to get stressed or overwhelmed. Here are things I tell myself when I get stressed or overwhelmed. And I think working with kiddos to practice some simple kind of mindfulness techniques about just simple breathing. One I love is super simple and you use your hand and uh, you trace your fingers, right? So as you go up, you breathe in. And as you come down the finger, you breathe out. And you breathe in and breathe out. And try to do it slowly. If you're starting to get anxious and panic a little bit, that can help slow your breathing down. But you don't need to have anything with you to do that. But it's important for parents to practice those things with kids when they're at home and calm so that they know how to do it right away. Because if they're not really familiar with it, when they're starting to feel anxious, they're not going to like whip that out and start doing it. It has to be something that they already like really know how to do. And it's something that kids of all ages, frankly, adults can do, right? That you can just sit, you can put your hands in your lap and do it. And nobody's going to see, see what's happening. So no, I love that finger one. That's great. Yeah, that's a super simple one, you know, because there are lots of lots of different techniques, but sometimes you need something to ha like have with you, right? But you've got your hands. That's simple for, for kids to do. Mm -hmm. um, when, when Becky and I were kind of talking about ways to, um, to help support kids that are anxious, some of the things that we were kind of talking about was how, how parents can talk to kids about that anxiety at home. I think anxiety has been on the rise even before COVID. I know for myself, I was seeing a lot more um, anxious kiddos in therapy over the past few years, even, even prior to COVID. And so I think COVID has really just kind of turned the volume up on that. And we're seeing even more anxiety now because of all this unknown. Um, and that was one of the things you had mentioned was stress unknown. You know, how do we handle what we don't know? And how do we help kids handle what they don't know? So something that we were kind of talking about is a really important piece, and that's maybe for parents to be um, modeling 
their own healthy coping and their own way of expressing their feelings for kids. Sometimes what we're indirectly uh, showing our kids is even more meaningful than what we're directly telling them to do or asking them to do. So for parents saying, man, I had a really stressful day today. I might need to go take a few minutes by myself outside to calm down. That shows kids that that's okay. And that's something that we all need or expressing their own feelings about the uncertainty. Yeah, I'm feeling really overwhelmed and uncertain. And I know that you're probably feeling that way too. I think that's okay. And it gives kids permission to talk about how they're feeling and know that that is something that everybody might be feeling. I think it's, I was just to say, I love that because I will find with my kids. So we're a pretty like outdoorsy family. Uh, we will on the weekends, I will sometimes just be like, I, I need a hike. I am feeling some kind of way. My body is just like tense and stressed. We need to go for a hike. And now my kids have started to sometimes be like, um, I need to go on the treadmill. Please, can I go get on the treadmill? <laughs> or can we go take the dog for a walk? You know, just seeing them then use those same healthy kind of skills, great. But I know they've learned that not from what I say, but seeing the way that I also, the way that I use that as well. Yeah, I think modeling is a super, a super important thing for parents, um, especially during this time. I think that's a great tool that, that, that can be utilized. We don't always have the answers to kids' problems or, or to what's going on in the world. And right now, I think that's more true than ever. Being able to validate your kids' feelings when you don't have the answers, you know, being able to say things like, I know that you're feeling really stressed and overwhelmed. Tell me about that. Or yes, it was a really hard day today because your best friend was quarantined and now they're not going to be at school. Tell me about that. We can't fix that. That is just already what's happening, but we can, they can feel heard and we can support that. And so it's okay to not have the answers. It's okay to not solve the problem. I think as parents, you want to solve your kids' problems because you want to help them feel better. And, and listening to them and validating them is a way to feel better without solving that problem. And I think that's really important because things will probably change and adapt throughout the year. So many times we won't have the answer, but we can always listen and validate. I think that's really meaningful. And I think too, a lot, you know, some of our kids have been anxious kids all along. We've been telling them we have to be distant from other people. We have to wear a mask, but we can't be around other people because we're trying to stay healthy. And that, that's been our way to explain to them why they can't be around their friends all the time. So it can be confusing for them now when we're like, oh, we're all going back to school now. And they're like, but is COVID still a thing? And so sometimes just saying things about the experts, they are working really hard to make sure that we are all safe and that you are safe at school. And they are saying that these are the things we have to do right now, but if we do them, it's okay and it's safe for you to be at school. If things change, the experts will let us know and then we'll make a new plan to keep us all safe. But just sometimes saying those things and reassuring kids can be helpful. And also talking with them about like the schools have done so much planning because they want you there and they want to make sure that you're safe. And so they have all these things. We're going to wear masks and we're going to use our hand sanitizer and those things to just tell them like these are the plans and the adults are still making sure that you are safe and okay. Some of those kinds of things to validate their fears, but also reassure them.
also can be helpful. That's an important thing because different schools are doing different things, right? Because mm-hmm. different things are more relevant for where they're at. So I do mm-hmm. think that's important too. And, and to make that clear to parents that, you know, just saying trust the school to your five and seven year old is probably just fine. Right. So yeah. for the most part, do you agree with that or, or did I misstate something? No, I think but, that's true. I mean, yeah. we trust the schools to take care of our kids all the time. Right. right. We do that all the time. Trust in the schools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's part of kids going to school, you know? Um, and I can't think of better people to be in charge of my kiddo while he's gone. So I have a first grader. Well, so incoming second grader. I'll have to get you saying that. <laughs> But I know as a middle school and high school student, you know, my school put a lot of work into making our environment safe, despite a lack of resources where we were. So I think now we're seeing that just now, you know, people are doing the best they can. They have a little more resources, which is helpful right now for this kind of coverage. And I think reassuring people that, yeah, the experts are there. It's a really good choice. Thank you all for that. So one of the other things that we we also had kind of talked about is, you know, there's this normal anxiety that everybody is feeling right now. And then there are times when that anxiety uh, gets to a more concerning space. And we wanted to just talk about things that you can look out for if you feel like you need more support for your kids or if you feel like um, you got to take this to another another level to make sure that they're getting the help that they need. Mm-hmm. And so as parents are starting to notice um, big changes in their child's behaviors. Um, so for example, maybe they're having meltdowns, um, in the morning before school, and they're not improving after a short period of time, or maybe the meltdowns are even happening more often and lasting longer and over many, many different things. And so they're just more generalized. And that might be a sign that your kiddo might need some more support and help. And you might want to think about talking with somebody about that. If they're starting to have like significant changes in their sleep or eating habits, if they're starting to avoid activities that they usually would really enjoy. So they used to have a lot of fun doing something. And even though we've had a lot of changes in those activities, all of a sudden they're really not enjoying those things or they're not enjoying kind of any activity that they're trying to engage in. That would be a concern that you might want to talk with someone about. Something for maybe younger kids is uh, some developmental regression. So uh, reverting back to behaviors that you hadn't seen in a while, like skills that those kids had mastered, they might start sucking their thumb again or having more um, bathroom accidents or seeming more clingy to you. And it's not resolving in quite a, a, quite the typical way. It's kind of, it's kind of staying for a long time. You might want to think about that as a more problematic concern. Serious increases in irritability or aggressiveness. So more acting out disruptive behaviors that you're maybe not used to seeing with your kid. Increased negative comments about themselves. So saying things like, I'm not good at anything. No one loves me. And it's not just when they're upset or having a bad moment. It's happening kind of, again, more generalized. It's happening more often. And then a big one that I think we all need to be looking out is um, for any concerns for like serious depression or suicidal um, ideation. Some signs that I think are really important to look at for if your child might have any um, indicators of those things is if they seem really hopeless, more tearful, comments about not wanting to be around, comments about wanting to go to sleep and not wake up, seeming withdrawn from their friends, or again, things that they enjoy, giving things away that are important to them could be a concern for that. Any kind of self-harm that you notice with a kiddo, those are things that you really want to seek help for immediately and you want to be paying attention to. 
um, and make sure that you're talking to appropriate people uh, if you're concerned about any of that. Oh, that's amazing. And thank you for giving those those heads up. I think that's really important for our audience, especially folks tend to reach out to us when they're in the middle, perhaps Mm -hmm. of like the early stages of mental health, or maybe they're just having that everyday anxiety. So knowing kind of Mm -hmm. some things to look for is really helpful. So thank you so much for that. Yeah, yeah. I always tell parents the biggest thing is like, you know, it's across multiple settings, it's not getting better. And it's it seems like it's really causing significant distress for your child. And if you're feeling any of that, it's important to talk to outside people. Yeah, that's really important. And I want to let folks know, and I always like to underline that there is help available for everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. It may not be today, right? Sometimes things are a little bit of a waiting list, but there's still help out there. And it doesn't have to cost a lot. There are options out there with sliding fee scales and such. And MHA is happy to help you uh, connect with those kinds of resources wherever you are. So if that is something you're listening to and you're like, but I can't get help because I don't have X, call me. We can figure that out. So Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think another great thing too is with our kids in school, there's a school counselor, at least in, I mean, Fayette County, every Fayette County school has at least one school counselor. Mm-hmm. They're a great place to start. Your kiddo's pediatrician is also a great place to start if you have concerns. FCPS, all of the schools now also have mental health specialists mm-hmm. who can see kiddo for some intervention kind of services if there's concern about how kids are handling this. And those services don't cost anything. The, um, the school mental health um, folks, they can see kids during school too. So that helps for, for you know families who have to work and it's hard for them to get to like other services. In Lexington, we are lucky because we really do have lots of mental health resources here. Other communities, it can be harder to find stuff like you mm-hmm. said. Thankfully, we do in Lexington. Now, every community in the state is served by a community mental health agency. There is support in every community. Like you said, some of those are harder to get appointments with. Um, And I think that the mental health system absolutely has been taxed in the last year and a half, like it never has been before. There is sometimes it makes it harder to get get supports, but at least in Fayette County, it, it shouldn't be too hard to find supports for kiddos. I'm finding that, thankfully, telehealth options are available mm-hmm. for everyone mm-hmm. throughout. Um, and our schools are being really creative in the way they're connecting with p- people yeah. also during the school time. And sometimes allowing parents to use the school's internet for telehealth and things mm-hmm. like that. So there's a lot of creative solutions that have been enacted across the state. I find that, you know, finding that appointment, it may not be today, it might be next week, it might be a month away, but we'll get there, Mm -hmm. right? And you're right, especially those, for the immediate time, school people are awesome, and they may be Mm -hmm. all you need. That may be all you need to go to, right? We never want to assume that people need constant, long-term, serious, you know, engagement. Sometimes it just takes a little Mm tune-up, in my experience. A little bit extra support, right? And especially for kids who are struggling with that transition back to school, having that person at school who can, like, collaborate with the teacher and give the teacher some ideas about how to best support that kiddo in the class can be really helpful. Yeah, and giving parents their tools, too, you know? Yes. They just reach out to the parent, hey, your kid was saying this, you know, maybe you want to rephrase that <laughs> I've yeah. had conversation before since I work in mental health, my kid comes up with all kinds of great things. 
<laughs> I yes, same. <laughs> My kids of, of a social worker. There's no telling what's going to come out of their mouths. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they know lots of stuff. Sorry. <laughs> and you know, and that happens everywhere, right? Every person yeah. has their own baggage they bring. So as a parent, and you know, yeah. the kids hear and they listen. I think that's important. And we talked about that too. You know, having that parent modeling of good behavior, it's really hard to do. Uh, and recognizing mm -hmm. that it's hard and that it's something that you do intentionally as a parent, mm -hmm. I think it's important to acknowledge. So was there anything else you all wanted to bring to the conversation? You all have been amazing at answering a lot of the questions. I, I think, you know, something for a lot of parents to remember is that for the most part, our kids are really flexible and adaptable. They handle change for the most part better than we do as adults. As parents, we set the tone for our kiddos. So if we can project, it's going to be okay, you're going to have a great year, I'm so excited for what you're going to learn and see and do this year, us, you know, having that calm excitement for them really can help tune them into like, this is going to be okay. And if stuff happens, because it always does, right, we're going to figure it out. We'll make sure that you're okay and it'll all be all right. So I think that reassurance is important for us as parents to really model and give to our kids frequently. Yeah, I agree. And I, although I, I can recognize an increase in some of our needs for mental health services, I'm also really hopeful that we're being more aware and mindful about the importance of mental health. And I think being intentional about these conversations is a step that everyone can take, whether or not you're seeking therapy or you're just supporting our emotional um, wellness. So these conversations, I think, are a positive that have come out of some of the stress that we've experienced this year. And so I'm hopeful that we can kind of keep that momentum going and continue to recognize the need to support kids and families in these stressful times, but just all the time because we all really need it. No, that's very important. Thank you both for leaving us on such a positive note. It's a yeah. great way to end. Thank you both uh, Rebecca Akers-Hill, LCSW, and Monica Stewart. Are you also an LCSW? I am. Okay. So, and Monica Stewart, LCSW, stitch that together, <laughs> for giving us such great insights and great information. I really appreciate your time. I know that you took a lot of time to prep for this, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, we will drop links to your service availability. If you have questions, we will put those in the show notes for this podcast. And thank you all so much. As you know, we are Mental Health America of Kentucky. Please join us uh, any other time. We're going to be trying to drop these at least bi-weekly in the coming weeks. So thank you for paying attention. And we will hope that you will be well. If you have any questions and we can help you, we're at mhaky.org. Thanks so much, all. <laughs>